I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We've been walking with Israel in the Old Testament readings the last few weeks um, into exile. Uh, We've been following Jeremiah as Jeremiah is predicting the downfall of Israel and saying it's because we have gotten away from the covenant that we no longer can trust in God's protection. And sure enough, Babylon did overrun Israel. Now, I think it was last week, um, we had that wonderful reading where as Babylon is outside the walls, um, about to storm through the gates, um, uh, Jeremiah buys a plot of land in Israel, does the deed, does the whole thing to say, once again, there, God is not done with us. Um, we're not going to win this battle, but God is not done with who we are and what God plans for our future. And so fast forward one week, and here we are in Lamentations, um, where the city is overrun. It's desolate. There are dead, dead Israelites everywhere. The remaining ones have either been subjugated in the land or brought away to slavery in Babylon, and they are looking at the devastation of everything about who they were, who they thought they were, and who they thought uh, God wanted them to be. And it's, um, it's an unbearable level of grief that if you really take it seriously, it's, uh, it's as much grief as you could possibly imagine any human being experiencing. And unfortunately, there are no shortage of other examples of that kind of grief in both historical and contemporary experience. There are people who have lost everything and continue to lose everything right now. Uh, There are areas that are suffering war, not just Ukraine, but other places in the world where people are being um, devastated. Uh, Genocide is still being carried out against whole cultural groups, language groups, and all the rest of it. And they look at the devastation of what used to be their identity, their culture, their people. And and this is what they're left with is this unbearable grief. And so my my reflection on this topic is I I, I do this with great humility because this is something I'm not good at. So do as I say, not as I do. Because I find this really, really hard, which is to, to lament. Lamentation as a spiritual practice. To, to admit and engage in the emotions of loss and grief without doing all of the things that we want to do to make it better and go away. That, that I mean, my sin of choice, full disclosure, numbness. I just fog out, I get numb, I don't want to feel anything anymore, and so I'm not going to feel it. I'm not going to read any news today because I can't take it anymore. And so I numb out, which means I don't have to deal with it, which means I am engaging in the deadly sin of sloth. That's mine. That's mine. There are other sins. Not everybody numbs out. Other people deal with grief. I mean, the other one, when I'm not a slothful, is control. I'm going to fix it. And so if you're telling me your grief story, and it is painful for me to hear... I will try to fix it. What can I do? How can I make it better? Well, you know, jump to some conclusion, which is not what you want to hear or need when you are just sharing something that is a grief point for you. All you want, to, to, all you want is to be heard and acknowledged. I can't take the grief away. It drives me nuts, but I can't. And so I have to accept it and live in it. If I'm going to be a good listener, 
We have to both live in that grief together. I have to share the grief with you, not fix. Um, If it's my grief, another trap that we see writ large um, is resentment. Um, uh, uh, This bad stuff was done to me, so I am justified in whatever bad stuff I do to others because I was hurt first. And we see how that is metastasized into political movements around the globe. So lamentation as spiritual practice is the reflection, is the thing that I know and I find very hard to do. Because I'm a fixer and I'm a thinker and I find feelings difficult and uncomfortable. And yet they are essential to being human and they are part of the spiritual life. One of the geniuses of the Hebrew spiritual tradition is that everything, every part of their experience is offered to God in prayer through psalm, lamentation, prayer. I mean, this is the great Jewish tradition of kvetching, to complain to God, what happens to me shouldn't happen to a dog, right? This is, this is holy kvetching. This is lamentation as spiritual practice, is to acknowledge the grief, to express it, to accept it, and to live out of it and through it, and allow even this to draw you into closeness with God. And closeness with God is not always pleasant or fun. Sometimes it's really, really painful. And as a spiritual practice, there are times in every human being's life where lamentation is the right response. Sometimes we oppose evil. Sometimes we try to do better. There are lots of other parts to the spiritual life which are easier to talk about and in some ways easier to do. Um, But lamentation, to just sit in the emotions in order to allow them, I mean the therapeutic word is process them, um, and to live through them and accept them and allow that process to draw you closer to who you were meant to be. Um, uh, and, and so this is, this is personal, but this is also cultural. Um, I, we, we just finished a, a little mini-synod yesterday where we were looking at the state of the diocese and the church, and there were some hopeful signs, um, and there were some also some enormous challenges that were very apparent in terms of the age and the demographics and the numbers in the pews and, and stuff like that. And so church decline is a real thing. It's, it's happening to us. It's happening to everybody. And, and so... Lamentation as a spiritual practice for us corporately as a church, I believe, is appropriate. And we, don't, we, we need to not skip that step. Because if we skip that step in our personal lives, we get in trouble. We will fall into one of the traps. We will end up being resentful or numb or problem-solving or um, in, in denial or all the other things that we do so well to avoid our own pain and our own grief and to make it go away as quickly as possible. Um, which only serves to bury it, bury it and have it control us. And corporately as a church, we cannot bury our grief and have it control us and, and, uh, and manipulate us unconsciously into not being the people of God that we are called to be. So in, in this, yeah, God is calling. Um, <laughs> don't pick up, I'm talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know much better how to do things wrong than how to do things right. And this, this is the story of my life. And, and, like, and, and with, with kvetching, with 
lamentation. I know much better how to do it wrong than how to do it right. And so I, I do this from a place of, of deep humility and a sense of inadequacy. And certainly corporately as a member of the institutional church, I know we need to do this and I don't know how. I, I know that we need to lament. I know that we need to accept, like Jeremiah, that we can't stop the barbarians at the gates. We are going to go into exile. We are in the process of going into exile. Um, and all I can do is look at the map laid out for us by our spiritual forebears to say that Israel reclaimed who they were in the wilderness. There was a purpose of God even in their devastation, even when all they could see were bones and blood, that God was in, even in that moment shepherding them into becoming something new, into the period of the exile, which in hindsight was one of the greatest periods of renewal and redevelopment of the Israelite faith ever in their corporate history. And so for us as a Christian faith in the West where all around us are signs of indifference and hostility to who we are and what we stand for and our language and our structures and, our, and all the rest of it. Um, as we move into the wilderness, culturally speaking, the, the opportunity is there for us to lament and in so doing, reclaim who we are and who we were meant to be. Because, like I said, God is not done with us yet. And I believe in my bones that the Christian faith is a message of life to the world and that everybody needs what we have. If only we knew what we had. And, and so, so, but we, have to, we can't skip the lamentation. That's really the only bullet point of this sermon. We can't skip the lamentation. As we move through the grief, the pain, the loss of who we are, we remember who we used to be. I mean, I... Sorry, another little... I'm getting into my anecdotage. I'm totally stealing that line. Um, little anecdote about attending synods. When I was a teenager, attending a synod in the Diocese of Rupert's Land in Winnipeg, it, for whatever historical reasons, and I can detail them, we had accumulated some of the very best and brightest clergy in, across Canada when I was a teenager there. And, I, and the debates on that synod floor were things of beauty. Um, and as a lawyer, it's, it, there's, there's a holy debate where all the participants genuinely care about the the ministry and the mission of the church. They disagree strongly with how to pursue it, and they are advancing their case in humility and love and and skill. And and I really had that visceral sense that we were taking counsel together for the welfare of the church and seeking the voice of the Spirit in our best, you know. And, And that's not what happens. That's not what synods are. Um, and partly that was a function of where we were at in our culture at the time. Um, those days are gone. That church is gone. What we are has yet to be revealed. And so we lament and we move on and we see what God has in store, even when we don't like necessarily what it may look like. That's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I, I, and, and it's because I'm not skipping the lament. <laughs> Thank you. I, nice to be affirmed. Um, it's an uncomfortable place to leave it, but I think that's where we are as a church. And, and, and I would undermine my own sermon by jumping to Second Isaiah and saying God does a new thing. Because yes, God will, but that's not where we're at right now. And if we skip the lamentation, we might skip what God is trying to do in and through us. And so that's where I am in reflecting on these scriptures, and I hope that has been helpful to you as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.